topic is a, a classic Lomdisha topic, a classic uh, topic of what we would call Torah scholarship. And we will be specifically trying to rescue the Alter Rebbe from the clutches of the Shagas area. Oh. It is Yud Gimel Tammuz, the day of the Friedrich Rebbe's redemption. So that's the theme of this year, to redeem the Alter Rebbe from the Kashas of the Shagas Arya. Where's the Shagas Arya again? The Arya Leib Ginsburg. Arya Leib Ginsburg. He was a couple of years older than the Baal Shem Tev, and he was a great rabbi in a no- number of cities in Volozhin, Minsk, and then his last couple decades he was in Metz in northern France. That's where he finished his illustrious career. They say when he came to Metz, they say he was, uh, back in the day, Rabbonim had got a hard time from their, uh, their Balabatim, you know, they were constantly on the move. They say when he came to Metz, he was 60 years old. They didn't realize, they said, we're, we're erst hiring you now at 60. So he says, listen, the Gemara says you shouldn't pass until you're 40. And David says, until him, a person, you know, is 70 years. So you have, Bechlal Rov is 30 years. The Ebeshevet Helfen, I'll be here for 30 years. And Itaka passed away when he was 90. That's the legend, although many say he actually came to Metz when he was older than 60. So, uh, but that's the legend regardless. Okay. So this is a, it's a well-known sugya, but hopefully we'll see some interesting things along the way. We begin with number one. There's lots of sources, but that means that I have nothing to say of my own, so it's going to go quick, okay? We're basically going to have one kasha and three answers. Are we recording? One kasha and three answers. But in order to get to the kasha, we need quite a bit of background. Number, okay, so this, uh, there's a din in this week's parasha, in parasha's Pinchas, we speak about the Musafim, the Karbonis which are added on Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos, Yom Tov, etc. And the Pasuk says, Mulvad Oilas Habayker, the Musafim, the, the added Karbonis, should be Mulvad Oilas Habayker in addition, aside from the Oilas Habayker, from the daily Oila offering done in the morning. Now, aside means done after. So, Movad Eulis means the Musafim, the added ones are done after the Eulis Habaker, after the morning Eula. And then the Pasuk says, Asher la Eulis Hatamid, because the morning oil is a constant Eula. The Gemara in Zvachim learns from that Pasuk that do you know why the Musafim, the added ones, come after the daily? Because the daily is constant, it's consistent, it's Todir, it's more frequent. That's why the Pasuk says, the addition ones on Movad, they're added, they're after the Eulis Habayker, the morning one, because Asher lo Eulis HaTomid, because the morning one is more frequent. From here we derive the rule, if you have two mitzvahs to fulfill, and one is Todir, one is more frequent, Kol HaTodir Mechaveri, whatever is Todir from its friend take pre- takes precedence. That's a rule. And Bechlau, whenever it comes to mitzvahs, if you ever have two minutes to fulfill, there's always a seder, there's always an order of priorities. Um, there's another rule, which we're going to see. Kol HaMekudosh Mechaveri Kaidim. If you have two mitzvahs to fulfill, one item is holier, that takes precedence. Just like whatever is more frequent takes precedence, whatever is holier takes precedence. 
If you have two mitzvahs, one is biblical and one is rabbinic. Two mitzvahs to fulfill. One of them is deiraisa, one is derabonon. You're in the middle of your meal, during Sfidus HaOmer, and now you're ready to bench, you have Birchus HaMozen, and then you realize, ach, I didn't say Sfira yet, you know? Or Sfiris HaOmer in Kriyashma. If you have one Deiraisa, one Derabonon, what's the order of operations? So here actually we have three opinions. This is just tangential, but you have three opinions over here. You have uh, the Shagas Arya himself believes that if one mitzvah is biblical and one's rabbinic, you could do whatever you want. There's no order of operations because the rabbinic mitzvah is nothing compared to the biblical mitzvah. He says, imagine you have a mitzvah in Torah to do, but you also want to uh, scratch your leg. Do you have to bench before you scratch your leg? There's no such thing. There's only an order of operations within mitzvahs. The rabbinic mitzvah compared to the biblical mitzvah is considered discretional, a dvarashus, and therefore the, the, you can do the rabbinic mitzvah first, not because the rabbinic mitzvah is so powerful, but precisely because of its weakness. That's the Shagasari's wow. opinion. The Rabbi Kiva Eger and the Noida Biyehuda, they believe that if one mitzvah is biblical, one's rabbinic, the biblical mitzvah is considered holier, and it falls back to the rule of if you have two mitzvahs, one is holier than the other, Kol HaMekudosh comes first. Then you have the Pnei Yeshua as a third opinion. The Pnei Yeshua says that always a biblical mitzvah comes before rabbinic, and uh, there'll never be any exceptions. According to the Noidi B'nur B'kiv'egu, that the reason the biblical mitzvah comes first only because it's holier, then if you add other equations into the other mixes into the equation, you know, you can change that and make the rabbinic come first. According to the Pnei Yeshua, biblical always comes first no matter what. So you see that when it comes to mitzvahs, there's all types of details of how, we, uh, of how we go about with the order of priorities. But in this week's parasha, we learn out kol hatad, whatever's more frequent comes first. Okay. Every day, we daven shachris. When we daven shachris, we wear our talus, we wear our tefillin. Why do we wear that during shachris? Well, some actually wear tefillin during mincha as well. There's an old custom somewhere, mincha, tefillin during mincha. Um, Avraham Avinu was Mesach in Shachris and the mitzvah of Talos and the mitzvah of Tefillin we got thanks to Avraham Avinu the Gemara comments when Avraham Avinu said he told the king of Sturm I don't want any threads I don't want any shoe straps because Avraham didn't want to take from the spoils of war any threads we got tzitzis because he didn't take the shoe straps we got Tefillin so being that the two mitzvahs of tzitzis and tefillin we got from Avram, and Avram made shachris, so therefore during shachris we wear talus and tefillin. The shachris, what do we put on first? What do we put on first? So if you follow that pasuk we just mentioned from Parshas Lech Lecha, what did Avram tell the king of now He begins with the thread, the tzitzis, and then the tefillin. So if the reason we're wearing them by shachris is because Avram got us these mitzvahs due to these words that he said, well, the order was first tzitzis and then film. But let's see a more halachic rationale of which mitzvah should come first. We go to number one. Number one is the words of Rabbi Yosef Kada in his Beis Yosef. He's quoting the Torah. The Torah says, once you wrap yourself in your talus, 
you don't tefillin immediately. Says Rabbi Yosef Kado, mitoich divre Rabbeinu, and it seems from the tour that betchila you put on tzitzis and afterwards you put on tefillin. It seems like the order is precise. Talus and then tefillin. Why? Why can't you do tefillin first? Halachically, why can't you do tefillin first? Why would it be talus first? So he says, v'chein kosev b'nemukhi Yosef hilches tzitzis. The Nomukhi Yosef, Yosef Chaviva, one of the last of this of the Sfardish Rishonim, writes in Hilchas Tzitzis, the Mitzvah Tzitzis Shkula connected Kola Mitzvahs. The Gemara says in Menachos, Uri Isim Oisi should see your Tzitzis, and you'll remember all the Mitzvahs of Hashem. Says the Gemara, Mitzvah Tzitzis is equal to all Mitzvahs. So because of that reason, Roy Lahaktim, Tzitzis should come before Tfilin. The Shagasariya asks, Tefillin is also compared to all the mitzvahs. Through putting on Tefillin, it's as if you have the whole Torah in your mouth. And the Gemara says that, The entire Torah is compared to Tefillin. So the Shagasariya says, What's the difference of mitzvah sitzis being equal, shkula, to all the mitzvahs? Or Tefillin, yeah, there's, yeah, Tzvaka also. But stock is not in our question of it, but you're right, stock is also. There are many mitzvahs which are, you know, mila as well and everything. And um, so the Shagasarya questions this idea, what's the difference of tzitzis being equal to all the mitzvahs? That's true. We also know that tefillin, huksha, kolater, kulatfilin, the whole Torah is compared to tefillin as well. But either way, this is reason number one from the Namukha Yosef. Va'oid, but then he throws in shahid tadira yosef, it's more frequent. Tzitzis is more frequent than Tefillin. Shenehege is bein b'chol bein b'shabbos, even Shabbos, v'yomtif. And the rule is tadir v'sha'eno. Tadir, if you have two mitzvahs, one is more frequent. Tadir k'edim, the tadir comes first. And then he says, then the Namukha Yosef continues, v'chein matzasi, what? I think it's because he says, I'll show you if you like. V'chein matzasi l'rav rabbeinu yoyne b'sefer hayira. He found in rabbeinu yoyne, it's in the safe, the rabbeinu yoyne um, who wrote the Shari Tshuva, who, by the way, that's one of the Sfarim the Altareba wanted all of his chassidim to be well-versed in, the Shari Tshuva of Rabbeinu Yoyna. There's a part there called Sefer Hayira, and in it, Rabbeinu Yoyna says, you put on talus and then tefillin. He doesn't give a reason, but he says that's the order. That's the, that's the order. Fine. V'achar kach kosav, and then it read the Rabbi Yosef Kaira is continuing to quote from the Namukhi Yosef, and this is uh, not really part of the shir, but we'll throw it in anyways. nonetheless, Those that wear a talus godel, a big talus, When do you put on your talus? It's the last thing you wear. Even after you're wearing your turban on your head. When do you put on the talus? The poncho is the last thing you wear, even after the hat, apparently. Apparently, that's how you wear it. So therefore, mitzvahs tefillin ball of fun of tchila. So then you deal with your head before you put on the cape of the talus. Then you do tefillin first. There's another very important rule. If you have two mitzvahs in front of you, but one of them is mamish here, the other one is behind, you're not allowed to pass over the first mitzvah to go to the one behind it. We had a whole shir about this in Pashas Lechlech, about pushing off a bris to do it better later. And we saw, according to the Levush, 
it's a biblical prohibition to pass over one mitzvah. It's mamish awesome in our Torah to pass over a mitzvah to do another mitzvah. Most others believe it's rabbinic, but the Levush holds it's biblical. But either way, it's a prohibition. So what uh, the Namukh Yosef is saying is very strange. Since when you get dressed, you attend to your head before you put on the poncho, therefore really mitzvah tefillin, um, the time of tefillin comes before the time of the talus. Now we're not going to discuss this in the shir because Rabbi Yosef Cairo takes issue with this. That Ahmad actually defends it, but uh, I'm just just uh, for the completion of the picture, just throwing that in. What concerns us is the following. So we have two reasons why talus should come first. One reason for tefillin. The reason for tefillin is because somehow ein ma'virin alamitzis. You bump into the tefillin first. Put that aside. Imagine you never heard that. We have two reasons why talus comes first. A, talus is equal to all the mitzvahs. B, it's more frequent. Who writing this? The Namukha Yosef. Who's quoting it? Rabbi Yosef Kaira. Look at number two on the side. Comes Rabbi Yosef Kaira in his Shulchan Aruch, and he gives a new reason altogether. In the Shulchan Aruch, says Rabbi Yosef Kaira, Acher shalavasht, we're number two. After you wear your talus, mitzvah, which has its tzitzis, yaniach tefillin, then you put on tefillin. Why? Mylan Bakaida, she gives a different reason altogether. If you have two mitzvahs, you dafka start off with the less important, with the less holy, so you can climb. Mylan Bakaidish. So, first of all, it's very strange why Rabbi Yosef Kaira threw in this reason. In the base Yosef, which is the background to his Shulchan Aruch, he doesn't quote this reason at all. He quotes other reasons, seemingly good reasons. And instead of, instead of quoting those, which are documented by Rishonim, etc., he throws in something completely from left field. What's worse is what he writes in number two is a very strange. If you have two mitzvahs in front of you, one is holier than the other, which comes first? We said there's a rule, kol the holier one comes first. We don't say mailim bakodesh, we say fakert, you start with the holier one. Mailim bakodesh is if you have one item, you have the, you have the, the tefillin shorosh, you want to make it into a shel yad, or chanukah, and every night you're going to do the mitzvah, should you go up, should you go down. If you have two mitzvahs in front of you, the rule always is the mekudosh one comes first. In fact, look at number five. Jump to number five for a second. The Yad Ephraim from Ephraim Zaman Margolus, your good friend, who uh, you should know, he was a very humble man. Although he, uh, he attacked the Kayanim, we mentioned on Shavuos night, but everyone was sleeping, so I'll just say it again. There's a, when Reb Shloyme Kluger was a young man, he makes his way to Brody. Um, his first wife had passed away, and he married another wife from Brody from Brod, and uh, he came there to be a malamid, a teacher, but in those days, you can't just be a teacher of kids, you got to come into Shul Shabbos, you got to give a drosha, and if people like the drosha, then you can be the, the you know, a town malamid. And if Shlomo Kluger got up and he darshaned about the maraglim, and he spoke about 24 maraglim, and when he finished, Ephraim Zal Margolis was there, and if Shlomo Kluger passed by him, and Margolis asked him, What's his 24 Meraglim? What happened to the 12 Meraglim? So Shloim Kluger says, do you have a Yerushalmi here? So Margolis says, Yerushalmi? No Yerushalmi here. Yerushalmi's rare. So Shloim Kluger said, okay, get me a Bavli Saita. He got the Bavli Saita and he turned it to a Taisus. There's a Taisus there that quotes the Yerushalmi, who quotes Rabbi Akiva saying that actually every Shevet sent two Meraglim. So there were 24. So Margolis was like, oh wow, 
you're not going to be the town's malamed anymore. You're going to be a rov over here. You know? So instead of being embarrassed, you know, and ending the conversation, fakert, he... Uh, Anyhow, but we're going to be, Reb Magalas has some, a couple important things to say today. So we're going to hear what he says. So look at number five. He asked his kash, Mylon Bakaj, he's going on the words of Rabbi Yosef Kara. Near it seems to me, he says, Shaloi Ba Loses Tam Al Ichrit Filin Mitzitzis. Rabbi Yosef Kara is not coming to explain why Tfilin should be post Sitsis. Deloy Shaykh Mylon Bakaj, Mylon Bakaj doesn't make sense to do Tsitsis first and then Tfilin. That's the Indian oyster mitzvah atzma. If you have one mitzvah, you're going from tefillin shol roish. You can't make shol yad. or the Indian ner chanukah moisif ahelach. You go up like Beis Hillel instead of going down because mylon bekaidish. Haynu ba'oyster mitzvah atzma. If you're dealing with one mitzvah, you want to know how to go about doing it to ascend or decrease. Better to ascend and increase. You should be mylon bekaidish. Alvo b'shar mitzvahs. If anywhere else, the Indian kedima. If you have two opportunities and you want to know what do I do first, we say in Zvachim, the rule is just the opposite. You start with the holier. Whatever is holier, kaidem lechavere. So uh, that's the kasha. You know, it's a very strange statement of Rabbi Yosef Kaira. He says something from left field. He never said it before. And it's actually very troublesome. So quickly, just to answer that question, so we have a rule, any mitzvah which is more frequent comes first. There's another rule, whatever's holier comes first. What if you have two mitzvahs in front of you? One is more frequent, the other's holier. One's tadir, one's makudish. What do you do? And this is a child, the Gemara asks a Masech Tzvachim, and a Masech Tzvachim, two places the Gemara deals with this. What if you have one mitzvah which is frequent and the other one is makudish? And in Masech Tzvachim, the Gemara ends up stalemate. In fact, the Rambam paskins, the Rambam paskins, that if you have two mitzvahs, by Korbanus or any mitzvah, if one is holier, the other one is more frequent, the, other one, the Rambam says, the one that you desire, you do first. Whatever you want. The Rebbe actually learns that the Rambam means the one that you desire, you have to do first, because there's a new din of Chavivus. The din of Chaviv, very often something which is more precious to you, because of that, the, the endearment of the mitzvah warrants that you do it first. So the Rebbe learned when the Rambam says do what you want, it means what you want you actually have to do. But either way, the Rambam learns it's a stalemate. Um, how it, what? Oh, 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 exactly, 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 exactly. Now, not everyone agreed with the Rambam. Uh, the Taz, the Taz paskins very clearly that Tadr comes first against Makudish, and so does the Bartonura. Rebavadya of Bartonura, the big um, Italian commentator in the 1400s, we're very thankful to him for the wine. What? How does Tadr and Makudish come to foods? Chaviv, 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 yeah, but there's two types of Chaviv also, what you like generally, what you like right now. But I'll call him, right, that's where. So look actually at number six. This is a, a, a piece from a Shagis area. In, uh, in his 28th simon, he says, V'day, you should know, the Baal HaTaz in Erechaim, simon 681, Kosav. The Taz says, Beperek kol hatodir, that's in Zvachim. Mi boilon, we question. If one mitzvah, we're in number six, if one mitzvah is Tadir and one is holy, which one comes first? And he remains unsure. Um, the Gemara remains unsure. 
So the Taz says, even though the Gemara in Zvachim ends off with stalemates, Mashma says the Taz, we should paskin the Todd we should paskin Todd is better, because it's a klal everywhere in Torah. It's a standard rule. The ain lona dova borrow lohit klal. You have a standard rule. You're not sure if you should break the rule. So you fall back to the rule. Ad Khan of the Taz. Frek the Shagasai, what are you talking about? The Ainiya Day Mike, what's he talking about? The other rule is also a standard rule. Khala Makudush Mechaveira is also a Klaal Bataira. In fact, you know where we learn it from? We learn it from the Koyan. Vikidashtoy. You make him holy. We learn out from there, whatever is holier comes first. Just like the Koyan comes first because he has a certain Kedusha. So too, any mitzvah. And we learn it in Mikroi, we learn, we learn it from Sukkim in the end of Masech Tohirius. And also the Taz apparently forgot the Rambam, who says by Todr Mekudah, Shepasak, whichever one you want, you do first. So the Shagistaya throws out the Taz, but the Taz Paskins, and also the Bartunura Paskin, Todr comes first. Now the reason of the Taz is Taka strange, but it happens to be there's a Raya in Gemara. I mentioned that the Gemara in Zvachim discusses what's better, Todr versus Mekudah. The Gemara in Zvachim remained with a stalemate. The Gemara in Menachas, Daf Mem Tes, which asked the question, uh, actually says very clearly that uh, Todr comes first. It's black and white in the Gemara. The issue is there are different manuscripts, different versions of that Gemara. So apparently the Rambam didn't have the version that we have. But uh, I think the Chidah points out that, and others, that according to the version we have, it's actually very clear that Todr does pre- take precedence, like the Taz and the Bartonura. So what happened to the other place in the Gemara where it says it's a That happens all the time. Sometimes the Gemara in one place doesn't resolve the question, and elsewhere it does. And often you have contradictions in Gemara, and the question is, which one do you paskin like? But if you have two sugis of Gemara that don't fit, but one is decisive and one's indecisive, we're going to say, take the decisive one. If one, one Gemara... No, it, it's, well, it's saying it's a no, it doesn't say teiko. Doesn't say teiko, and uh, it just doesn't. It's a ibayi the There's a big difference between uh, when it comes to monetary questions as well. There's a big difference between a question which is a teiko, which means it's forever, <coughs> forever a question, or it just happens to be the Gemara refuted its proofs and therefore ended off without a conclusion. It was just indecisive. Um, but the Rambam and the Shagasariya hold that it remains open. You could do whichever one you want. The way the Shagasariya asked the question, it seems like he was com- either not aware of that Gemara, because he probably had a different version. Is like, the Shagasariya learned through this? the entire Shas six hundred times. So then how could it's he a said he had the entire Shas in front of him, like you know, you have food on the table. He did when the Shagasariya wrote his his Sefer. You can be sure he did not forget the Gemara in Menachas. So he probably he had a different said, version. Like so I said, there's different versions of the Gemara. So there's different uh, versions. So, uh, did he have deal with it? I don't know. I did not. He asked the question, like, what are you saying, Taz? You're <laughs> well, a ramble here. The Shagasai is also following a Rambam. Anyhow, Al-Kopodim, going back to Rabbi, so Rabbi Margolis, says like this. In the answer to his question that he asked in number five, I don't have the answer on the sheet. You know, that, that, that spared you for that, but I'll tell you outside, it's very simple. He says pshats like this. Rabbi Yosef Kaira, when he wrote a Shulchan Aruch, he remembered very well what he wrote in the Beis Yosef, that tzitzit should come first because it's more frequent. But he also knows of the Shaila that, wait a second, you have a rule, what's tadr is better, but there's another rule, the holier is the better. Right? In other words... 
the Rabbi Yosef Kair is thinking, should Talos come first because it's Tadir? That's what the Namukha Yosef said. But what about the fact that Tefillin is holier? Doesn't this draw us to the drawing board of Tadir versus Makudish? And Rabbi Yosef Kaira holds that what? Well, me, well um, if he held Tadir comes first, so then Vaitur, he didn't have to write a new reason. Rabbi Yosef Kaira could just say Tadir. It must be he holds like the Rambam. That is a st- that Tadir and Makudish is a stalemate. So therefore, Rabbi Yosef Kaira said like this, I have a way to tip the scales. I have a way to tip the scales. Mylan, let me just say, Mylan Bakaydish tilts the scales, tilts the scales. In other words, like this. Usually, when you have two mitzvahs, the holier one comes first. Yeah, but there is a svara to do the other way. Start with the lower one to get Mylan Bakaydish. But the other rule of the holier one coming first trumps Mylan Bakaydish. You have two mitzvahs in front. One's holier, one's weaker. The svar to start with the holier one is stronger than the svar to start with the weaker one, the Mylan Bakudish. But since Tadir versus Makudish is a stalemate, therefore Rabbi Yosef Kaira threw in the Mylan Bakudish as another factor to tilt the scale. You know why on the one end Tefillin comes first is holier. Talos should come first because it's Tadir. So what do you do? But the svar of Mylan Bakudish is another reason, another uh, sniff to throw in that Talos should come first. That's how Ephraim Zalman Margolis learns Rabbi Yosef Kaira's opinion. Okay, so so far everything seems to be okay. Fine. Well, go, if you not, go well, with that twisted logic of. Uh, <laughs> Hello, he's awesome. going to come, but he's going to be the one to save the Alter Rebbe soon. So. <laughs> okay. Join me now in number two. Right now we have no questions. Okay, we have a couple debates, like always, but. Uh, we, we seem to have a, a, a definitive explanation in Rabbi Yosef Kaira. I think the, the Ephraim Zamar Gold's explanation makes a lot of sense. Uh, it definitely. Look at number three and number four is the Alter Rebbe. Here's the issue. The Alter Rebbe says in number three, Hamanichin, those that place talus and tefillin into one kiss, three, 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 into one sack, you should be careful, the not to put the tefillin on top of the talus. Because you shouldn't bump and encounter the tefillin first before the talus. Because if you do, you're going to be in a quandary. You're going to have to be maivir on the tefillin to get to the tzitzis, to do the tzitzis first. Says Al-Tareb, why is tzitzis first? He brings one reason, Tadir. He brings the reason of the Namukha Yosef of Tadir. Shari Mitzvah's tzitzis is Tadir, because it's weekday and Shabbos and Yom Tif. Tefillin is not Shabbos and Yom Tif. The frequent comes first. So the Al-Tarebbe doesn't quote Rabbi Yosef Kairi's reason of Mylan Bekodesh. He doesn't quote the reason of Yosef that Sitzis is equal to all the mitzvahs. The truth is the Shagasarya knocks off both of those reasons. Um, the Namuk Yosef's reason that Sitzis comes first because it's equal to all the mitzvahs. The Shagasarya asks, well, so is Tefillin. Well, yeah. The reason of Rabbi Yosef Kairi of Mylan Bekodesh, the Shagasarya asked, Fakert, when you have two mitzvahs, one's holy, the holier one comes first. So the only reason, the, the, the third reason that we have, which l'chayr is good, until we'll knock that off too, is the reason of Tadr, that tzitzis is more frequent. And the Alter Rebbe says, therefore tzitzis comes first. Look at number four, the Alter Rebbe though quotes, V'yesh Aymrim, this is, the Alter Rebbe is actually quoting, the, this is also from the Namukha Yosef, quoting the Ritva. Some say Hanachas Tfilin comes before the tzitzis, because Tfilin has more kedusha. Tefillin has the Yud Kevavke um, written in it, and Bechal Tefillin is treated differently than Tzitzit. Tzitzit is only Tashmishay Mitzvah. When you're not doing a Mitzvah with it, 
You could chuck it. Uh, tefillin is holy forever, and it has kibul al malchus shemayim. Tefillin has shema. You're makabel the yoke of heaven. So, in fact, the Al Rebbe does bring an opinion that says tefillin comes first because it's holier, precisely because it's mekudesh. Right. So, in other words, in the Al Rebbe, you seem to hit the svara that sits comes first because it's frequent. The svara that tefillin comes first is because it's kedusha yisera. Um, but uh, fine. Fine. When he brings the reason for the tzitzis to come first, he brings tadr. He doesn't bring the reason that tzitzis is equal to all the mitzvahs, because so is tefillin. He doesn't bring the reason of mailim b'kodesh, because that was very strange, as Ephraim Zamar Golis and the Shagasariah point out. But he does bring the reason of tadr. The issue is the Shagasariah also throws out the reason of tadr. And this is going to be our discussion. In number seven, this is a Shagas area, and we see the question, The question, if someone wears Tefillin and Tzitzis, Which comes first? Tefillin Kodimim or Ipcho, or the other way around? So says the Shagas area, Tshuva, let's read this together, number seven. In the Namukha Yosef and Hilchas Tzitzis, Kasaf, he writes, and he's going to quote what we saw in the Beis Yosef. Nearer it seems you should be makdim tzitzis because it's equal to all the mitzvahs. Va'oid tzitzis is tadir because it's Shabbos and Yom Tif. V'tadir ena tadir tad go to the left. Tadir comes first. He's quoting verbatim what we saw in number one. And I also saw in Rabbeinu Yonah Sefer Ayyuf, etc. Go to the next paragraph, Hine, where number seven, the bold words Hine. Says the Shagasariya Hine. Masha of this that the Namukhi Yosef says, Sheroi Lahaktim Tzitzis, because it's Tadir Yosef, it's more frequent, nearly, I think it's not true. It's wrong. Shahari Das Rav Poiskim, Afiluk Sus Yoim Potum and Atzitzis Belayla. Meaning like this when, when it comes to Tzitzis, um, there are some Tanoim that believe that Mitzvah Tzitzis is not Zman Grom, it's constant, day, night, forever, and women are Chayev. The halacha doesn't follow them. The halacha follows the opinion. Or the isem oisa, you should see it. It excludes a ksus laila, night clothes, because you can't see at night. What does that mean is coming to exclude night clothes? We pass them like those tanoim, but what does it mean? A debate between the Rambam and the Rosh, a very important debate. The Rambam says, by day, you're always chayev. The moment it's nighttime, you're potter. You can be wearing a four-cornered garment. You don't need tzitzis at night. The Rosh says, no, it's not about day or night per se. It's about day clothes versus night clothes. Is it day clothes or pajamas? When the Gemara says we exclude suslaila, it means pajamas. Something you wear exclusively at night is always potter whenever you wear it, even by day. Something that you wear by day or by day and by night, you're always chayiv even if you wear it at night. According to the Rosh, it depends on the type of clothes. According to the Rambam, it depends when. There's also a third opinion, the Ran. The Ran actually is Mako like both. The Ran holds your only Chayv and Sitzis if it's daytime and day clothes. But Akaponim, it's a well known debate between the Rambam and the Rosh. Who do we Paskin like? The Altareb and Shulchanach quotes from the Ramad remains undecided. Undecided. But, says the Shagasariya, he believes Rav Paiskim, most believe, like the Rambam. Afiluk Susyam, even day clothes, Potamanat Sitzis Balayla. He believes most agree to the Rambam that the moment it's nighttime, Tzitzis is out. Nimse comes out. What? Where does the Rosh take it from? Because the Gemara says Ksus Laila. 
It says the word ksus. It could have said, you should see it, excluding night. It says ksus laila, night clothes. Why the word ksus? That's where he gets it from. Nimtze comes out, the ein mitzvah tzitzis noyeg klau belayla. If most hold like the Rambam, it comes out at night, there's no tzitzis. Now join, go uh, to the right side, number seven, and the, the avol tefillin. What about tefillin? Does tefillin exist at night? A major debate between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi Haglili, two tanoim mesechta menachas. Rabbi Yossi Haglili holds, no, not at night, because it says, only by day. There's no tefillin at night. At night you can't wear tefillin. It's biblically prohibited. You're violating a biblical prohibition by wearing tefillin at night. Um, Rabbi Akiva says, no, that Pesach's talking about the Korban Pesach. Rabbi Akiva says, Menatur, the mitzvahs at night. Not on Shabbos and Yom Tov, but at night it exists. What are we Paschen like over there? So over there, everyone Paschen's like Rabbi Akiva, except for the Rambam, right. Except for the Rambam, everyone goes like Rabbi Akiva, that Minatoira, you wear it by day and by night. The Chachom said, don't wear it at night, because you might fall asleep and pass gas, etc. But Avot Filan, Das Rav Poiskim is, like Rabbi Akiva, Minatoira noyeg belayla, Minatoira exists at night. Barabon and Gozrol, they said you might fall asleep. So wait a second. Says the Shagasarya, if by tefillin we're going to follow majority, most people paskin like Rabbi Akiva, there's no tefillin at night. On the other hand, by tzitzis, he says most people paskin like the Rambam. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, but, thank you. By tefillin, we paskin like Rabbi Akiva, that Minatura tefillin exists at night. By tzitzis, we paskin like the Rambam, there's no tzitzis at night. So tefillin has double the amount of tzitzis throughout the year. As every night. Tzitzis has Shabbos and Yom Tov, but Tefillin is every night of the year. So if you make a simple equation, Tefillin is definitely more frequent. That's the Kasha, the Shagasarya. Hare de Mitzvah Tefillin, Tadira, Mimitzvah Tzitzis. Tefillin is more frequent because Tzitzis is not Belayla, Minat Torah. Tefillin Minat exists at night. I Chachobim said, don't do it. Imagine like this, you ask about Moshe Rabbeinu's time. The, when did the Chachamim make the decree not to wear tefillin at night? We don't know. Let's assume it was the Anche Knesset Sagdoila in the second base of Mikdash in the beginning. That means during the first base of Mikdash, they, they could have worn tefillin at night, so then they always did talus first, right? What, and then when the rabbi said you can't wear tefillin at night, they also meant to change the way you daven every day, to change the order. He says it doesn't make sense. And he says, he's. <coughs> Because the rabbis were guys who don't wear it at night, it doesn't affect the fact that tefillin still exists at night. It's frequent. It's noyeg at night, just like by day. It sits at Shabbos and Yom Tov against tefillin, but if you stack it up, tefillin as night, sits doesn't. That's much more frequent than Shabbos and Yom Tov. So the Shagas Arya in this shuva, he actually knocks off all three reasons of Rabbi Yosef Kaira. The reason that Tzitzit should come first because it's equal to everything self film. The Mylan Bekaidish, he said, Baba Mises, you always do the holier one first. And the reason of Tadir, we just see here, he throws it out too. The Shagas Arya himself wants to tie in what comes first. You would think he's going to push that Tzitzit should come first. He throws out all the reasons for Tzitzit. He says, no. The Shagasari says, Bechal, you don't have to wear tzitzis. If you, if you have a four-corner garment, you've got to don tzitzis. 
But if you don't, if you're not wearing the four corner gum, you don't have to don it. You have to wear tefillin. So then, for sure, tefillin comes first. No, it's the same thing about scratching your back. He's again it's, curling. No, it's the same. It's not. It, it's the same thing of scratching your leg. He says, since tefillin you have to wear, since you bechlal don't, they don't enter in the same ballpark. It's like scratching your leg before you do a mitzvah. You're allowed to. You don't say, do the mitzvah, then scratch your leg. There's only an order when the two things are in the same ballpark. So does he hold the, the Rabbanon that... He says you can do what you want. He, no, about but what? Like the but, but the, the Rondo that says but the, the Rabbanon, that, the, that first thing you started off with, that it's not even in the same ballpark, that's... That was him. Talking. That was him too. That's a shock. That was... A, he says that... He, the, the thing I quoted before, the Shagasari says, a Rabbanon versus a Deraisa. That's in another simon of his. And uh, here he's bringing just the same logic and applying it to talus versus tefillin. Even though they're both biblical, but one's discretionary and one's obligatory. Tefillin you have to wear, except if you don't. You don't have to put on the four-corner garment. So his maskana is that because of the weakness of talus, therefore you can actually do whatever you want. How does he answer the people who don't hold like the Rambam that tzitzis is a, that you have to wear? They're wrong. So that's they're wrong. It. So that's he's, it. He's, Listen, the Shagasarya says you do, the last people you have to listen to are Avin and Ravashi, the Rodha Gemara. After that, after that, all bets are off. With this, with this One. logic of scratching your leg, I don't, I'm not getting it. Oh, the idea is... Um, you have a mitzvah to do, right? Uh, but, um, but you also want to, I don't know... Do anything discretionary. Right, right, right. Do we say you have to do the mitzvah first? No. The order of mitzvahs is only when you have two mitzvahs in front of you. Mm -hmm. When you're doing the right thing, you've got to know how to do it. But if you have a mitzvah and a discretionary act in front of you, we don't say the mitzvah has to come first. Right. But in this, in this so therefore, you don't, tzitzis, the, it's only if you're wearing a four-cornered garment, you have to put on the strings. But aren't we saying they're, they're in the same ballpark? They're, so no, so he holds they're not. You, when you wake up in the morning, you have to wear tefillin. There's an obligation on your head to make sure you get tefillin on your body that day. Tzitzis, tzitzis, you don't have to, if you don't want to wear a four-cornered garment, don't wear it. There's no biblical command. What, what did they do? The shakir and I tried to change the whole world? What did all the shuls do, and what did his father do, what did his aides do? All the shuls probably followed the Shulchan Aruch and everything. The Shagasari says they're all wrong. And what did his father do, and his aides do? No, but according to the Shagasari, they're not wrong. You could do what you want. They're wrong in their reasons. The but world, what did they do until the Shagasari came along? The Alter Rebbe says two opinions. Look at number three and four. The Alter Rebbe was already a Machloikas. Yes, sir. The Nemuka Yosef himself is quoting, or the Nemuka Yosef quotes all this. And it's quoting the Ritzvah and all of this. this those that say Azai, those that say Azai. Right, exactly. he brings the Zayar, but then he says, Oh, no, go right. In the big Shulchanar, Rabbi Yosef Kara quotes uh, from the Zayar another opinion that when you're at home, you should put on your tzitzis, talus cotton, your tefillin, walk to Shul, put on your talus godol in Shul. This way you get everything. You get tzitzis, tefillin, and then tzitzis. Now the Ramor right away says on that, but that's not the minute. We don't do that anyway. So now Terry brings both. There was, there's been a lot of back and forth over the generations. Anyhow, so I'll call upon him. Good question. Good question. There's a, there's a, when Toys, um, no, who said it's every day? According to Rabbi Aglili, that every night separates his taka. According to Rabbi Akiva, it's a constant mitzvah, except for Shabbos and Yom Tov. In fact, the Briskarov, 
Revelvel of Brisk, when he, when he was in Yerushalayim, he had to follow the minig of the Vilna Gaon students that uh, you don't wear tefillin chalamayit. But he was a brisker, and he wanted to wear tefillin chalamayit. In his family, they wore tefillin. But in Yerushalayim, the minig was to follow the students of the Vilna Gaon not to wear. Because the Zoya says not to wear. No, so the was a he was a Kabbalist. And the Zoya says not to wear. Huh? He was a Kabbalist, and the Zoya says not to wear. Finished. One? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, uh, so what the Briskorov would do is after Pesach, after Sukkot, for the week after, he would wear tefillin every day for twice as long to make up for the time lost. Because he believed it's a, wearing tefillin is a constant mitzvah. It's not a daily, it's a constant mitzvah bachal, and therefore you're able to make up. In the Gemara time, he used to wear it all the time. Yeah, not at night. Either Rabbi Yisak Lili biblically or Rabbi Kivitz Yisad Rabbanon. But... Uh, that it, 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 you know, there is an idea, Taka, that it's just, it's just a general mitzvah to always wear tefillin. But uh, on the other, it seems like most posts can understand that uh, Yeah, but, uh, you know, there's a din. If, uh, no, if Beinash Moshes comes and you didn't wear tefillin today, you put on tefillin. You yeah. put on tefillin, yeah, yeah. No, because of Suffolk Deraisa. Could still be day. It's a deraisa to wear tefillin. It's mashma. It's a chiv, not just a mitzvah. A chiv. Anyway, but let's uh, let, let, let's 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 continue. So I wanted to. Okay, let's just do this quick. Um, I want to just tell you that this kash of the shagis Arya is specifically on the Alter Rebbe more than anybody else. Why is that? The shagis Arya is making a cheshbon that tefillin is actually more frequent than tzitzis. That's only true according to the Alter Rebbe. Why? According to the Rambam himself. The Rambam holds at night there's no tzitzis at all. He holds tzitzis depends on day, night. Night there's no tzitzis. But the Rambam also passes like Rabbi Yossi Aglili that at night there's no tzitzis. So according to the Rambam, since tzitzis has Shabbos and Yom Tov, it's frequent. The Rosh... When it comes to tzitzis, the rosh holds tzitzis exists at night. If you wear, if you have day clothes or day and night clothes, as long as it's not pajamas, you, you're chayiv and tzitzis a whole night. The rosh holds tzitzis goes a whole night. The rosh also holds tefillin goes a whole night. But they both go. They both go a whole night. Savaiter because tzitzis has Shabbos and Yom Tov is more frequent. Both according, both according to the Rambam and the rosh, tzitzis is going to be more frequent. It's only the Alter Rebbe who has a problem. Because when it comes to tzitzis, the Alter Rebbe holds, he quotes the Ramah, that it remains a stalemate between the Rambam and the Rosh. When it comes to tefillin, the Alter Rebbe paskins like all those against the Rambam, we paskin like Rabbi Kiva that tefillin does exist at night. The Alter Rebbe says by tefillin, biblically it exists at night. The Alter Rebbe says tzitzis, I don't know if it exists at night. And the Alter Rebbe brings the reason that tzitzis comes before talus because it's frequent. It's not a kasha on anybody else. The Ramah also holds tzitzis as a stalemate. The Ramah holds tefillin is at night. But the Ramah never said the reason that tzitzis comes before tefillin is because it's frequent. The Namukha Yosef said that. You know what the Namukha Yosef holds? The Namukha Yosef holds like the Rosh in both accounts. The Namukha Yosef himself holds tefillin is at night, but so is tzitzis at night. 
doesn't the Gemara say that we only say Pasha Mabayana because of Zechel and Sisman Sly? Okay. That's not enough. Because it's Sitsis. Okay, okay. So that's a good question. You could ask even further, according to the Rosh, the Chur Tzitzis is not bound by time. According to the Rosh, that it depends on the type of clothes, that means Tzitzis really is not bound by time. So why aren't women Chayev? And the answer is, it is bound by time. Since time dictates what type of clothes is Chayev or not, it's considered bound by time. So for that same reason, night time makes night clothes potter from tzitzis. So that would be a reason not to say vayomer. That's that, you have to say that. You have a good point, you have to say something along those lines. But Anyhow, so so let, let's go to the next page. This, uh, the bottom, okay, the, the bottom of the, that's just from the notes on the shagar. Okay, we'll read it together. Look at the, the bottom of number seven. Um, this just, the person that put out the shagasari a number of years ago put some footnotes at the bottom. And he says like this. It's not the Shagazar, no, but he said like this. We'll read it anyways, it's pretty simple. He says, about Sitsis, the Rambam and the Rosh argue, it's brought in Shulchan Aruch and Simon 18. The Vilna Gaon costs of the Dover Pasha Kishitas HaRosh. The Vilna Gaon holds like the Rosh about Sitsis. The Ksus Yoim Chayev Belayla, that day closes Chayev at night. That's, by the way, the reason that Chassidim wear Sitsis at night. According to the Rambam, you're wasting your time. We're Choshish to the Rosh, the Vilna Gaon. Mm-hmm. Because al ultimately said it's a, it's a stalemate, you know, it's, it's 50-50. In the Mishkanis Yankiv, he counts many Rishonim that hold like the Rambam, that day closes Potter at night, and the Mishkanis Yankiv says it's the vast majority. However, this person that's writing this says, I found many Rishonim that do hold like the Rosh, and he starts throwing out the Baal Ho'iter, the Rosh ben Atshuva. He quotes Tosis, he quotes the Rikanti, the Smag, the Me'iri, etc. So in the last line he says, V'imken yeshleimer, the Numuki Yosef and Rabbeinu Yoyna could hold like the Rosh, that Ksus Yom is Chayev Belayla. So the Numuki Yosef and the Rabbeinu Yoyna, there's no question on them, they hold yet, Tefillin exists at night biblically. But they might hold like the Rosh, the so does Tzitzis. It's only the Alter Rebbe who's in the, up the creek without a paddle, because he holds Tefillin exists at night. He says by Tzitzis he doesn't know. The Rambam of the Rosh. But he says unequivocally that Sitzis is more frequent. How could he say that there's 50% chance, since by Sitzis he's not sure Rambam versus the Rosh, according to the 50% chance that the Rambam is right, then there's no Sitzis at night, but there is Tefillin, we Paskin there is, and therefore Tefillin's more frequent. So how do you answer the Alter Rebbe? So I'm gonna give you three answers, three answers for this. Um, okay, we'll do this quickly. I have a quantify answer, I'll tell you at the end. Just how they're calling the time. Uh, okay. Shagazariye is trying to say, I'm counting the whole day and every minute. Okay, okay. Atreb is checking a box. Day, boom, day, boom, okay, day, but boom. Okay, 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 we'll, okay, we'll get that at the end. The first answer is um, from the Malbim. From the Malbim, Rab Mayer Leibish Ben Yechil Michel. The Malbim was a, a great gone in the times of the, the Samach Sedek. And the Reb Marash, he passed away before the Reb Marash. He actually went to the Reb Marash to learn Chassidus. He learned Kabbalah when he was younger from Reb Tzvi Hesh Mizidachov, the Zidachov, the great uh, Chassidic scholar the, and the Reb of the Zidachov, uh, who was an expert in Zoyer and Kabbalah. And the Malbim later wanted to learn Chassidus by the Reb Marash. And the Reb Marash said, Your Nasham is Shaykh yeah, only to Pshat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, similar to the Arizal and, uh, and the Al Sheikh. Yeah. 
But the Malbu is very simple. Shot. You don't see it. He doesn't call this. Yeah, well, in Pshirish on Tanakh. In, in, yeah, well, it's, but it's, it's, it's an incredible pshat. It's incredible pirish on pshat. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful, the way he makes sense of every detail in the psukim is, uh, is genius. One of his contemporaries said it's a good thing the Malbim didn't write Svodim on Gomorrah. Then he would shame all of us. Baruch Hashem, he got stuck in his Tanakh. <laughs> but he did write some Svodim in Nigla. One of them is Artsis Hachaim. It's on laws of uh, Shulchan Aruch. And in it, he deals with this Shaila. And he thinks, he thinks the Shagasarius Shaila is not a Shaila to begin with. Frequent doesn't depend on when the mitzvah exists, it depends on actual fulfillment of the mitzvah. If you have two mitzvahs in front of you, and one of them you actually perform more than the other, then that comes first. It depends on performance. We don't wear tefillin at night. I don't care if biblically the mitzvah still exists. Rabbinically, you can't do it. We don't wear it. We don't wear it at night, and therefore it's no longer counted. That's what he says. That's his answer to the question. Which, I don't know, then for the same token, why don't we just say, you know why tzitzis is more frequent? Because we wear tzitzis the whole day. Yeah. We don't wear tzitzis the whole day because we can't, uh, you know, the Shulchan Aruch even said, if someone can't uh, protect his mind from thinking negative thoughts, maybe he shouldn't wear tzitzis at all. We barely wear it for, for davening, and then boom, you know. No, you take it. Time, not everybody wore tefillin all the time. Abaya Bechal didn't wear tefillin. Stomach things. The smag. The smag writes, the smag, Ramosha Makutsa writes in his times in France, lots of people, Bechal, weren't wearing tefillin. Because they all said you have to have a clean body, and we don't have a clean body. And exactly, yeah, Mivsayim. The smag says, I used to travel around to get people. These were from people <laughs> who were machmir. Machmir, not to put on tefillin. Tefillin's like for the holy, the holy, the holy Jews. So you had, although the Vilna Gon wore tefillin all day, and the Altareb as well. The Rebbe Rashab writes in Asicha, in Torah Shalom, that there was a time the Altareb used to wear tefillin the entire day. When I was younger, I used to harass guys. I used to dive in very late. I said, ah, you're followers of the Vilna Gun, You wear tefillin all day. But then I saw the Altareb did the same thing too, so I couldn't say that anymore. Anyhow, but... Uh, so I'd, according to the Malbim, why don't we just put the whole matter at rest by saying that tefillin we barely wear, by, you know, by chakras and that's it. Tzitzis we have an entire day, we, f- we fulfill it much more. So whenever you have the opportunity to put on a talus of tefillin, a talus should come first. But nobody said that. Nobody said that. So I, I, don't, I don't know if this whole savar of the Malbim, although it sounds very convincing. Anyhow, but that's, uh, that's answer number one. Answer number two is the following. The pre-Megodim. The pre-Megodim raises the following issue. First, look at number 11 for a second. It's an incredible thing. I don't have the Malbim over here. The, the Prima Godim, number 11, is a little story. He says, simply a person from Jerusalem told me that there's a guy here, an anacle of the Prima Godim, who has a manuscript from his Zayd, a commentary on Chumash. And in the manuscript, the Prima Godim says that he went to the Magid of Mizrich, and he saw that the Magid was the source of fear of Hashem and love of Hashem and the truth of Torah. But the Enochal doesn't want to print the manuscript because he was a misnagid. The Enochal was such a misnagid, he didn't want to print his Zayda's manuscript because in it the Prima Godim says how nispal he was from the Magid of Mizrich. Imagine. There is a tradition that the Prima Godim's mother 
married the Magid of Mizritch in his second marriage. Wow. That the Magid of Mizritch in his second marriage married the Prima Godim's mother. It's brought in Sfarim. The previous name was Yosef Tu'umim, was uh, one of the great scholars. In the, he was a little bit older than the Alter Rebbe, about, about 20 years older than the Alter Rebbe, 18 years older. And uh, a very humble man, one of the great scholars of his time, and he wrote a fascinating work on halacha and many other works. That Semach Sedek once said that an announcement has been made in heaven that the halacha follows the prima godim, Rabbi Yosef Tu'umim. He actually once spent Shabbat with the Badichever. And he said, ah, after I daven next to him and I saw the fire in his heart, I wish I could be his Shabbos guy. Correct. There's a big discussion if the Altarebbe saw his, uh, his works. That he knew him? Yeah. No, the Altarebbe, no, not that he ever met him. He said he came. The Maggit. He says one time he came. Altarebbe wasn't there. Altarebbe didn't live by the Maggit. Altarebbe lived there, uh, you know. this story? This is from a, this is from a Sefer. The... Anyhow, the Prima Godim raises the following issue in his introduction to Shulchan Aruch. He says like this, if Minatari you have a mitzvah, but the Chachamim come and say, we want you to fulfill it in a certain way, is it their way or the highway? Are they saying that thou, this is the only way to fulfill the mitzvah, and if you don't follow our rules, there's no mitzvah at all? Are they saying that? Do they have the power to say that? Or do they say, we want you to do the mitzvah in this fashion? If you don't, then you haven't fulfilled it in our terms, but biblically you still fulfilled it. Do they have the right to say biblically it's off? And this is a well-known issue. Rabbi Kivaegi discusses if somebody shook lulav or blew shoifer on the Yom Tov that fell out on Shabbos. The Chachom said, don't do it because you might carry. But did they remove the mitzvah or the mitzvah still remains? Right, right. And there was a big debate. In fact, uh, the Avnei Nezer, and his student, the Chelkes Yoyev, this is more recent to our times, the two of them thought about this. The Avnei Nezer very much believed that the mitzvah still remains, which is Rabbi Yekiv Eger's opinion. The Chacham don't have the right to remove the mitzvah. And his student, the Chelkes Yoyev, vehemently disagrees and says, no, Chacham have the right to say that if you don't follow our instructions, there's Bechal no mitzvah at all. And it's a long sug in its own right. But how does it help us? It helps us over here is the following. I'll just do eight, nine, and ten outside. There's a Rabbi Yosef Kaira in his Sefer Kesef Mishnah on the Rambam says the following. When it comes to Krishma, Krishma in the evening, it says Ubeshach Pacha. In the morning, it says Uvekumecha. What does the word Ubeshach Pacha mean? When you lie down or while you are lying down? It's while you are lying. And that's why the mitzvah goes a whole night, even till sunrise. If you didn't do it by dawn, but you could do it till sunrise. It's while you are lying down. The Chom said, do it by midnight as a safeguard. But Menatoyer, it's the whole night. So what about Krishma by day? It says, Uvukumecha. We know the mitzvah stops at three hours. But that's only if Uvukumecha means when you get up. Why doesn't it mean as long as you're up? And it should be the whole day. Rabbi Yosef Kaira says, Taka, it is a whole day. Menatoyer, Krishma is an entire day. No problem. And he brings a proof. The Gemara says, that, that uh, if you read Krishma after the three hours, you can still make a brach on Krishma. According to the Yosef Kaira, when you make the brachas on Shema, both in the morning and night, it's a birchas ha-mitzvah. 
It's a bracha on the mitzvah, and therefore you can only make the bracha if you're fulfilling the mitzvah, which happens to be the shit of the Taisus Rid. It's a bracha on a mitzvah. Um, the Rajba well known disagrees and says it's not a bracha on a mitzvah, it's a bracha praising Hashem, and therefore it's not, it's not connected. Rabbi Yosef Kair felt they were, and therefore he says that, therefore, the fact you can make a bracha past three hours. Now, till when could you make a bracha? Some Rishonim hold only till the end of the fourth hour. Some hold till Chatzos, which is uh, the Tzamach Sedek's opinion, etc. But there's another opinion that you could say the bracha is till Shkia, which we do rely on. But uh, Rabbi Yezikar says the fact that according to all the three opinions, the bracha goes past the third hour must mean that there's still a mitzvah past the third hour. He says, biblically, it's an entire day. The Chachamim, though, wanted us to do it earlier, uh, especially to do it before you do Shemayin Esra, and they want you to do Shemayin Esra before the fourth hour, so they said three hours. That's the opinion of Yosef Kaira. Frek the Mogan Avram, it's a number eight, but the Mogan Avram says, wait a second, I have many Shilas on this. One of them is, that means biblically, Krishna goes 24 hours a day. The night is the entire night, the day is the entire day. Yeah. But the Gemara says in Brachas, black and white, women don't have to say Shema because it's bound by time. According to Yosef Kair, it's not bound by time. You're going to say that once the Chachobim said you got to do it by the third hour, they made it bound by time and they exempted women? Well, like, why would they exempt women? If the Abishta wants them to say Shema, why would the Chachobim exempt women? The whole thing doesn't make sense. So there's a well-known Shagasari and another different Shagasari, the more recording until now, who says, I love how he says it. He says, Rabbi Yosef Kair is wrong, but not because of the Morgan of Rome's Kasha. He says, Morgan Avram's kasha is not a kasha. Shagasari says, even if Krishna goes all 24 hours, it's two different obligations. The obligation by day is separate from that of night. Each one can't be fulfilled in the other time. Yeah, and the two things us. don't... One's b'shach, one's of kumecha. It's two different obligations, and each one's bound by 12 hours or so. Anyhow, but comes the... What does the prima godim want to say about this? So the prima godim says, it's a number nine, where he, uh, he wants to answer... And he says, wait a second. He thinks, according to Rabbi Yosef Kaira, biblically the mitzvah of Krishna is all day and all night. The Chachom said you have to stop Krishna by three or four hours. He says the Chachom then removed the mitzvah from the rest of the day. He says there is no longer a mitzvah for the rest of the day. And therefore it becomes man grama. Look at number nine. You can see the second last line. Im ken yeshleim rabbonon amru. Ad Gimel Shoyes. I'm sorry, the third line of number nine. That after four hours, the Chom were completely oikah, the third line of number nine. The Prima Godim says that he thinks that, according to Yosef Kaya, the Chom Taka removed the mitzvah. They removed the mitzvah. But only after the fourth hour, which is mamash, very crucial, because there's a famous shit of the Lavush. The Lavush holds Krishma goes until four hours of the day. The Yireim holds two hours. The Lavush holds four hours. Everyone else holds three. Where did Lavush get four hours from? According to here, it's beautiful. Because according to most opinions, you can only say the Brach of Shema till four hours. Some say Chatzai, some say a whole day. Most hold only till four hours. Rabbi Yosef Kair proved from there, if you're allowed to say the bracha of the fourth hour, it must be the mitzvah still remains. 
the first three hours is L'Chatchila. The fourth hour, the rabbi said, all right, if you didn't do it until now, you could still be Yotzeh. After the fourth hour, comes the Prima Godim and says, now the Chachom removed the Mitzvah. So it's now bound by time. So women are potter. So this is where the Levush actually would get it from, that it goes four hours. So, uh, the Prima Godim doesn't say it clearly, but I think this makes the Levush make a, a lot of sense where four hours comes from. Three hours of the Chachila. We know there's another hour because you can make the brachas of Krishna for another hour. But the rest of the day, if you assume you can't make the brachas, then the Krishna is off. And Abiyas of Kaira must hold that in order to explain why it's bound by time. But the point of all this is, Chachobim have the power to remove the mitzvah, and now it becomes bound by time. So comes the Prima Godim in number 10 and says the same thing about tefillin. The Prima Godim throws in a whopper about tefillin. Even according to Rabbi Akiva, that the mitzvah of tefillin goes an entire night, biblically, once the Chachomim said, you shouldn't wear tefillin because you might fall asleep, they removed the mitzvah. They removed the mitzvah. He says in number 10, um, the third last line of number 10, Imkain, Laila namila rabbonon aim by mitzvah klal The Prima Godim says the same idea. Yeah, biblically tefillin's a whole night. And Tzitzis, the Altreb is not sure. But once Chacham said he can wear tefillin, there's no more mitzvah of tefillin at night. It's off. It's off. And therefore Tzitzis is definitely better, right? According to the Rosh, Tzitzis exists every night. Even according to the Rambam, Tzitzis and tefillin are equal. They don't exist at night, neither of them. And Tzitzis has Shabbos and Yom Tif. So it's a fascinating prima godem that to explain that Taka, in the first base Hamikdush, let's say, Every day they would put on talus, and then they would, I'm sorry, they would put on tefillin first and then talus, because tefillin is a makudish and it's toddler and everything. But once Chacham said you can't wear tefillin at night, there is no longer tefillin at night. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist. And the whole gather is different. So but the issue with this is, wait, there's so many halachas. If somebody's waking up to go on a trip, you're allowed to put on tefillin before the morning. Um, before Alois, you're allowed to put on tefillin early. If someone, if you're wearing tefillin before sundown and you're in shul, you're allowed to keep wearing it. If someone's wearing tefillin and then it's sunset, or it says, if you're in a shul and people say, everyone there knows the halacha, right? No one's going to think you're allowed to put it on at night. You're allowed to keep it on. If there's no mitzvah, if the chalman removed the mitzvah completely, why would there be such an Indian of keeping it on at night? So this whole svar of the prima godim is very... Uh, it's very, it's doichik. We know that in the Holocaust, a question came up. People got hand of tefillin at night. And people wanted to know. They said, by the time crack of dawn comes, I might not be alive. I might not have the tefillin. Should I wear them at night? We pass them like Rabbi Kiva. Biblically, the miss is here. Chom said, don't do it. You might fall asleep. Let me get a shomer. You're not meant to eat before you dive in my roof because you might forget. But if you have a shomer, then many Taka people ask, I have a shomer. We'll make sure I don't fall asleep. Or in other words, and Rabbi Kiva Eger said, if you shake lulav or you blow shoifer on Shabbos, you're not supposed to, but the, you still get the mitzvah. The mecham don't knock off the mitzvah. So accordingly, people in the Holocaust wanted to wear tefillin at night. Tefillin booth in lud to put it on at night. What? Tefillin booth in lud. Yeah, exactly. Ramesh has a tshuva, exactly. If you find a karkafta, you're never going to find again. You find a yid today. You're never going to find them again. It's nighttime. Maybe put on film. You do. According to Rabbi Kiva. So if, you, if, you, if you're going to, you'll be the shomer, he doesn't fall asleep. Well, listen, according to the Prima Godim, don't do it. 
The Chum removed the mitzvah completely. Anyhow, but this would be another answer. It's a wild, it's a, but the Prima Godim says what it clearly. The answer in the Holocaust, they did it. <laughs> they probably did it. It was, it was also, they probably said, if I wear tefillin, it'll, it'll give me a reason to live. Yeah, nefesh. They probably did it. Anyhow, but the th- that's answer number two. Answer number three is, uh, we come to number 12. Number 12 is a statement, this is again Rabbi Margolis. He's back to haunt us in another sefer of his. The Mate Ephraim. This is during the month of Elul. You say Shir Shal Yom. You say L'David Hashem Eri. What if it's Rosh Elul and you have Shir Shal Yom to say, you have Borchi Nafshi and you have L'David Hashem Eri. What's the order of operations? Rosh he says, Yesh Lahaktim, you should do Borchi Nafshi before Mizmar Eri Viishi. You should do Barchi Nafshi first. The Chaim b'Mekaymet Sha'aymim Oisa Achat Tfilas Shachris. If you say it after Shachris, v'Noigin Gamel Shushal Yoyim after Tfilas Shachris, what do you do with the three of them? You do Shushal Yoyim because it's Tadir. Shushal Yoyim comes first, then Barchi Nafshi because it's Tadir, because it's every Rish Chodesh, and then you do L'David Hashem Oiri. But wait, L'David Hashem Oiri, you say fifty times. Which one's more taught you, the David Hashemari Barchi Nafshi? You say probably 18 times, yeah. Yet he says that Rishchidosh Elul, you do Barchi Nafshi before the David Hashemari, which is what we do. And why do we do it? He says clearly, because Barchi Nafshi is constant, it's consistent. Consistent. Tadir. So what does Tadir mean? Oh, oh, so what does Tadir mean? So look at number 13. This is a Gemara in Shavuot test. The Gemara says, it's talking about the goats that's brought on Yom Kippur, the goat. Chatos that's brought on Yom Tif and on Rosh Chodesh. And the Gemara says that these goats atone for somebody who was Tomei and accidentally ate uh, Hektish meat, or was Tomei and accidentally walked into the Beis HaMikdash. So says the Gemara, those are serious transgressions. How do you know that all of these Karbonas uh, atone? Ashkechon Sidei Roshi Chadoshim. I understand the goats are brought on Rosh Chodesh, we compare it to the goat brought on Yom Kippur. But the goat, the chatas goat brought on Yom Tov, how do you know that that is the power to atone for such grievous transgressions? Maybe you'll say we also compare the Yom Tov goat to Yom Kippur, or to Rosh Chodesh, says the Gemara, no, I'll slug that up. You can't compare Yom Tov to Rosh Chodesh. Shekain Tadir. Rosh Chodesh is frequent, not Yom Tov. Yom Kippur, if you want to learn Yom Tov Yom Kippur, no, Shekain Meduba Kaparos, Yom Kippur is full of atonement. You can't compare, you can't extract from Yom Kippur to anywhere else. But the Gemara says, why can't you learn Rosh Chodesh from Yom Tov? I'm sorry, why can't you learn Yom Tov from Rosh Chodesh? Because Rosh Chodesh is frequent. It's Tadir, not Yom Tov. Now, wait a second. Rosh Chodesh is only 12 times a year they used to bring the carbon. Yom Tov, you have seven days of Pesach, eight days of Sukkot, you have Shavuos. If you add it up, there's more carbonus, there's more goats of Yom Tov than Rosh Chodesh. And yet the Gemara clearly says Rosh Chodesh is Tadir. What you see from here is how you judge Tadir is how often you bump into it. How, how many more time slots it covers. Something you do once a month is more tardy than something you do once a year for two months straight. And that's why in number 12, Rabbi Rab Margolis says that you have to say Baruch is more tardy than David Hashemari. So there are some who want to bring the same idea over here to answer the Shagasari and to answer uh, the, the Altareb, because the Altareb is really one who's, 
who's in trouble over here, that day and night, day and night are considered two sides of the same coin. Tefillin has more than tzitzis, okay. But Tefillin, it, it kind of just has more of the same as tzitzis. But tzitzis bumps into Shabbos and Yom Tov, which is each 24 hours is a new period of time. So every 24 hours is one period of time. 12 hours, 12 hours, two sides of the same coin. Tzitzis hits every single coin of the year. Tefillin doesn't. The coins of Shabbos doesn't hit. I, on all the other coins, Tefillin has both sides, Tzitzis has one side. It doesn't matter. Tzitzis ultimately covers more time slots throughout the year. And therefore, you bump into it more often. And therefore, Tzitzis would be considered Tadr. And this is the perhaps the third answer we can give to answer the Alta Rebbe. Okay. That's what I was saying to you. It's a, oh, so you agree, you agree with everyone. <laughs> oh, I agree with Listen, you can't, I can't be wrong all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> But because the Shagasari is just, it's just a how you count Tadr, and he's counting minutes in the day. Now, I'll tell you, I, I'll prove I'll to you the Shagasari, okay, the Shagasari disagrees with this, and I'll prove it to you. From the Shagasari wants to know if you're in the middle of your meal and uh, you have, a, it's at nighttime, and you have Sphiris Ha'imer versus Birchus Hamazen. You're ready to bench, like, ah, I got a bench, I got to count, so what do I do first? And he starts counting it up. He says, how often do you bench? You could bench 10 times a day, but you never have to. So he, he says Todr is not, Todr has to be an obligation. You have to wash twice on Shabbos, Friday night, Shabbos day, maybe even Shalashudas, different opinions. So he weighs it up and says, even if you only wash twice every Shabbos, it gets you 100 times a year. Right? Sphere is only 49. He's weighing it up. You see from there that if Sphere would be a bigger number than the Shabbosas, Sphira would be Tadr, even though it only covers one part of the year, and Shabbos is every seven days. You see the Shagasarya holds that it's all about numbers. He doesn't yeah. buy into this theory. It's for Sphira's an entire day. What? Yeah. No, but, but you see from his Cheshvim by Sphira and Birch Samazan, yeah, he, he should say, he should say, Birch Samazan's Tadr, because it's every seven days. He says, no, nah, if you add it up, you have 50 Shabbosas, and you wash twice, it's 100, then blah, no, blah, but blah. But he so. has a great question. Yeah, if well. you want to go Shagasarya on Shagasarya, you could say, Sphira is a whole day, so it's 24 times 49. Benching, it takes you what five you, minutes to bench. How is Sphira a whole day? Once you do it, once you did it. Yeah, but your obligation is the whole day. So, because if you then, then you can go Shabbos, Shabbos as well. Shabbos as well. Your obligation. Shabbos as well. Your obligation is a whole day. The Karasa, the Shabbos. No, but you don't have to bench the whole day. You, you have, have to, to eat. You have to eat something. Yes, yeah, so you have to eat. So, how long are you benching? But no, but day? as long as you haven't eaten, your chiyuv rests so on your head. That's true. I don't see a difference. I don't see a difference in Shabbos. How long does it take you to bench Shabbos? A minute to do Shabbos. And once you did it, the chiyuv's over. Yeah, but. How's it a whole day? So he should. Why doesn't he say that? Shabbos Omer, you do forty-nine times. It's forty-nine minutes. Benching is two and a half minutes, 52 times. Why doesn't he do uh, that? Why doesn't he get more on you? Why doesn't he keep on going with his theory? How much is the benching? No, no, no. It's not about the act of the fulfillment of the mitzvah.